Welcome to the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Steve. This is Gonzo. Hey, Gonzo. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good, good. I'm I'm happy to see you. <laughs> I'm happy to see you, too. We did not go two weeks without seeing each other this time. Yeah. And we also got to see some of our new friends. Yeah. So, you <laughs> you want to say it? I kind of do. So, I'll, I'll, <laughs> the caveat I want to say is, like, one of my favorite things about this podcast is I feel like I'm making a whole bunch of new friends with people that I like, already know, but I, you know. Yeah, I, right. And so we have been joking and talking about going and getting tacos. I guess I won't say joking because we went and did it, but like we've been talking about getting tacos ever since, even really before Andy's episode, Andy Simeona, but yeah. especially on his episode. So we got to go get some Mexican food with Andy and James Johnson. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we messaged Andy and we're like, hey, it's like, we weren't just kidding. I, I want to get some of those tacos, mm-hmm. you know? And then like, it's like, hey, because James had mentioned he, he he was the very next episode after Andy. And he's like, hey, when you guys go, hit me up. And he's like, okay. <laughs> so, did. And it was great. It was like, they were delicious. We went to this place in Sandy. Mm-hmm. Um, El, El Barril. Like, El Barril, the barrel. Yeah. yeah. And the food was good. Like 94th and 7th East. Yeah. By the, the old Boy Scout shop. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> No, we had a good time. It was good seeing those guys. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, it makes me think uh, we should do a lot more of that. I I'm, I'm think we should do a second taco. <laughs> yes. And, yes. And uh, maybe like from now on, I think whenever we go get tacos, we'll just be like... We'll hey, announce hey, a date. We're going, we're going to get tacos. Please join us, anybody. <laughs> um, it was great, though. Good yeah. to see everybody. No, it was it was good and it's good talking to James. It was good talking to Andy. I mean, I hadn't seen him in forever. So. It's just make, I don't know, just like make me feel good just being around those guys. <laughs> it was really good. So I want to do it more. I I think it'll be fun. And then I did figure out how to like put a poll, like a question on the episode, but it's only on Spotify. So if you listen to our episodes on Spotify and you click on Cody Draper's episode, there is a question and there's a poll, so you can like. Go ahead and answer answer the question there because I do want to get like for the people that live close, uh, I want to do another cookout. Like how many people answered that episode or answered <laughs> that poll? <laughs> so uh, we only have I think the question is like if do you live close to Eagle Mountain or Saratoga, and we have like four answers. Two of them are us. <laughs> <laughs> and then the poll question was like, would you listen to a a second podcast? Like if we started doing, and I was thinking like. Or do we just do bonus episodes or what? But I, I don't know. I'm still We're still kind of just brainstorming that. Mm-hmm. But it was like, would you listen to a second podcast by Steven Gonzo? And it was like, yes or no type thing. Five out of six people said yes. <laughs> yeah. One person said no. Yeah. Who are you? Send me an email. What, what do we need to do to get you on board for that second podcast? <laughs> I'll buy you tacos. <laughs> yeah. It's probably Bonnie. It's just like, I'm, I will not listen to a second one. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's funny. Um, you know, speaking of that, I I did make my my I smoked my first tri tip today, and I should have brought some over. I'm I gonna know. save some. I have a bunch left at home because it's like when you buy it at Costco, there's That's always a, a ton of leftovers. And like you show me some pictures, my mouth is watering. Like <laughs> it's so good. I I will save you some for sure. I'll bring it over to you like right, awesome. tomorrow or something. But uh, yeah, so life is good. Uh, how. So I did want to ask you, like, what 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 do you want to do for our next bonus episode? 
That's a good question. I I was thinking, uh, you and I, we've talked about how we talk on and off the radio, the radio, the (laughs) whatever, our recordings, and uh, we talk about a lot of stuff. And one of the reasons I love the podcast so much is our conversations like after hours. Yeah. And so I think it would be great to just have a conversation about that. You and I, maybe just more candid conversations about the things that we talk about and just... I don't know, see. A, a retrospective. Retrospective. What is, you know, because we had first, like, we interviewed each other, like, in March mm-hmm. when we f- decided to start a podcast. But it's almost like revisiting that and see how we've changed. Like, because I think, I, I, th- I don't know, I think that's a great idea because we've, like, even though we've only been doing this for a few months, it's been a great for me, it's been a great thing to get to see you often. And not only that, but talk about, you know, talk to someone, catch up with someone and then talk to you about like that person. And it's brought up like so many conversations, so many things that, you know, to work through. I mean, like we talk about in the episodes, like we talked about religious stuff. We talk about political stuff. We talk about immigration stuff. We talk about, uh, you know, relationships. relationships. Yeah. yeah. All the time. And yeah. so, I think it's great because when we talk to people, when we're all done, off the record, you and I are like, man, what do you really think about this? And it's just yeah. been like, I think it's been awesome. I think it's like you and I have been best friends forever, but I think that like our relationship is on like an entirely different level. Oh yeah, I agree. It's like, we're, agree. if you can't see like he and I are just like hugging each other <laughs> in the same chair. <laughs> you know, it's like when we were using one microphone, <laughs> that was when our relationship was the closest. <laughs> I think that that would be a little different than our other bonus episodes, but I I think it'd be it's something I want to do. All right, let's do it. We started a podcast, so people can listen if they want to. <laughs> yeah. If they don't, whatever. So in the meantime, I want people to remind people send us voice memos with funny stories. We'll throw those in, or a lot of times we've asked questions. Back in Ryan Copeland's episode, I asked uh, Robin Anderson to reply to his beef. We have we've heard nothing back from her. Come on, Robin. <laughs> I'll send her the episode. <laughs> and uh, so please send us in those voice memos and reviews. If you guys want to review the podcast on uh, on Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out and uh, and read your review. So, who do we have on tonight, Steve? We have Jessica Belknap, uh, Jessica Carbine in high school. She she's a listener and she sent us an ep, uh, an email just on her own, um, like we always request from everybody. Hey, send us an email. She did, and she told us that she's got some stuff that she really wants to share. And uh, it sounds like she's got a lot of heavy stuff going on because she she said that this is going to be part of a healing process for her. And so I'm I'm really looking forward to the episode just to to see what she has to share and um, hopefully it's something that we can really get a lot out of. Oh, cool. All right, so here's our conversation with Jessica. Thanks, guys. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Long time. So Bonnie told me, we were talking a few days ago, and she's like, people who graduate high school this year were born the year we graduated high school. <laughs> like, I was like, whoa, mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> That's funny. Way long time. I've actually gone to some high school stuff to like watch like uh, nieces and nephews, and I'm like, oh, they're my age. And I'm like, no, no, they're not. Not even close. Mm-mm. They're like babies. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> well, catch us up on, on life. Tell us what you're up to and where you're at. You know, I'm living in Murray. I'm actually five minutes from where I grew up, from my um, grandparents' house. And I am currently going to school uh, to get a degree in psychology. I'm actually looking to get a specialty in child psychology and actually want to work in high school. I don't know why, but that's <laughs> kind of where I'm going. So. That's great. How long have you been in your program? Not very long. Two years. I kind of, after I got married, I kind of had a 14-year stint of not going to school. So I'm just going, I'm getting back into it since my divorce. So There you go. But kudos. I mean, it's not easy going back, especially after not going for a long time. I, I always felt like I was going to school for, I, I went to school forever. And I always felt like if I took one semester off, I was like, I'm never going to go back. <laughs> I just quit. <laughs> well, yeah, then I sit in classes run. with babies. I'm like, oh, these kids are so much. Oh, right. They're all babies. Yeah. Man. So, so you're, ha- has it been, uh, like going back into it after like a 14 year break, do you, do you appreciate the classes more? Do you try harder or is it just like, no, I still have to just do some of these classes that I know I don't really need or. The adult answer would be yes. I actually pay attention and, do a lot more but you know no the classes that I need to focus on I focus on and and do appreciate more and do actually take the time to study and all that stuff but like everything else I'm just like as long as I get a C plus and I pass I'm good to go yeah there you go is it weird when your professor's like younger than you you're like oh, I don't want to <laughs> listen to you <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> well that's great and so you're in marine you're in school right now um, can you tell us a little bit about how you saw yourself in high school? Who was Jessica? Jessica was a quiet person who I was, I would say I'm a watcher where I, I tend to watch people and tend to, to just kind of stay in the background. I wasn't very confident in myself uh, in high school. So I mean, I really which just kind of stuck with my, certain group of friends and kind of did it that way so i mean looking back i'm like i really wish i would have stepped out and you know tried harder but you know past the past <laughs> oh yeah yeah for sure so you, you saw yourself as quiet you so do you tell me tell me more you said you were a watcher what does that mean like people fascinate me um and so i i, I tend to people watch and i did it in high school and i do it now but just trying to understand why people do what they do or why it is some people would be able to have more friends or friends of people that had less friends and, you know, the brains, the jocks, and just kind of just trying to understand everything. I guess it would gain me the feeling of being a part of something when I really wasn't, per se. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. No, yeah, I, I can really. I like to actually people watch a lot, but it wouldn't. When guys do it, it's creepy, so. You can watch other guys. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like the way you describe that because I feel like in the same, that same vibe, Gonzo and I get a lot of messages from people about like this podcast and there's several people that are like, I would never want to be on, but they've been surprised at how much they actually feel connected. Like, oh yeah, like, you know, they're in a way like they're observing or they're watching, but they're listening, but they're learning about people. And I, I think that same way, like you can feel involved even though you're not involved 
specifically mm-hmm. with those people. And so I can totally, I can see what you're saying for sure. Yeah. Looking back, I kind of wish I would have actually hung out with you guys because you were in my, in my stake and like you lived up the street a little bit. I'm like, you guys are cool. I'm like, I should have, I should have done stuff like that, but I just wasn't secure. So. What? We joke about like revisionist history. It's like back then we were just probably so stupid. <laughs> you probably had your reasons to not hang out with us in that time. <laughs> but we had that awesome physics class together. <laughs> yes, Mr. Moral. <laughs> yeah, I, I the that class like I know I w- I said like lots of rude things in that class that like I do cringe. You know, when I, like, think back of that class specifically um, and some of the mean stuff that I've said and or some rude things that I've said, I'm like, oh, it's cringy memories for me all over the place. I don't remember anything rude. I remember you just being funny and off the wall, so. Well, I'm glad you remember it that way. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so then what else? How else can you describe yourself? Shy? people watching, kind of analyzing people. And that kind of makes sense with you trying to get into psychology because it's like studying more about people and what makes them tick. Behaviors. But how, what, are, what are the things you found important? What were the things that, you, that occupied your mind back then? Um, you know, back then, oh, God. That's a really good question. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, back then, just being accepted for who I was and... and you know, people accepting me for my, like, the awkwardness that, you know, you go through in high school. Everybody goes through it. Yeah. But probably just trying to, trying to fit in, but not trying to stand out type of thing. That's interesting, yeah. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah. It's almost like you want to fit in, but you don't want all this attention on you. Right, look, right. Because, like, if you do anything stupid, then, you know, everybody's going to know that you did something stupid. Or if you... If there's some sort of quirk or tick or something you have that's just not quote unquote normal or quote unquote what the popular thing was at the time, you don't want to stand out as far as that either. So, were there experiences that you had that made you want to avoid any kind of spotlight, or you just, I mean, would you describe it as shy, or what? What caused you to want to like avoid any kind of attention like that? I think a lot of it dealt with my anxiety. Like I. I, I went undiagnosed with depression, anxiety, and actually ADHD um, all through school and all through high school, which is really weird because my mom's a teacher and she should have spotted it, but I don't have the specific characteristics of everything. But I think just the anxiety of not wanting to make a mistake and not wanting to look like a fool or look like, um, I would back then be like a weirdo or a freak or something like that, that just kind of hindered me from doing it you know there were experiences that went out from elementary school on that just kind of made me shy away from, from doing things like that like people had said stuff to me and I'm not going to name names um but you know it just made me kind of go okay I don't want to you know put myself out there to only fail and to only get um rejected basically so almost like a, a self-defense to never feel like that yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, because, I mean, nobody wants to feel abandoned. Nobody wants to feel alone. And that's, like, one of the biggest things humans, you know, strive to do is to not be alone. Like, we can't survive on our own. It's just the way it is with us. So, you know, 
that's one of the be- biggest fears people tend to have as far as that. Hmm. Interesting. So who, who are you today? What What's changed from Jessica and in the early 2000s till today i want to i want to uh, follow up his question just because i know you mentioned and you're catching up with us where you're at he's like i went through my divorce and now this and we didn't mean to we weren't like trying to gloss over that but this is the time where it's like yeah i'd love to learn about the lessons you've learned and how things have happened with that when you talk about yourself yeah. today yeah so like after high school i headed off to weaver state and i was going to go into radiology um but that's actually where my, my love of psychology kind of came into play. And after two years there, I was introduced to my ex-husband through my young woman's leader or my youth leader. And, you know, I thought everything was going to be perfect. Everything was going to be great. You know, here's my happy ending. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have a family. I'm going to get my degree. And I basically stepped into a situation where I ended up being gaslighted for 14 years. And basically what gaslighting is, it's when somebody um, creates a scenario where you doubt your reality and you doubt your emotions and you don't believe your emotions. And because of that and because of the way they're able to manipulate you, you emotionally become dependent on them and end up isolating yourself to just be with them. So that's... That was, I wouldn't say a fun experience in my life, um, but it's definitely something I wouldn't take back because I feel like I've become such a stronger person because of it. And I've got much bigger drive in talking about it because unfortunately, abuse is one of the biggest things that will happen in a relationship and people don't truly really understand you know, the emotional aspect of it, whether well, either emotional, physical, verbal, anything like that, people don't truly understand it until they're in it. And you always hear that, well, why can't you leave? Why can't you leave? But it's because your abuser makes you so dependent on them that you feel like you can't. So what, what was the, like, what made it so you broke that cycle of like dependency? When did you first start recognizing? Well, I first started recognizing it probably about four years ago when my therapist brought it up to me because she's like, you know, you always come in here and you're always defending him and always saying that you're the problem, you're the issue, you're not understanding, you're not seeing reality. And she's like, but I don't feel like that's the case because I look at you and you're not, you know, a basket case. I mean, I had a steady job. I paid my mortgage. I took care of everything I needed to. She's like, you know, if you were that quote unquote crazy, you wouldn't be able to do any of that. And she's like, have you ever looked at gaslighting? And she talked to me about it. And I went home to my, my ex-husband. I was like, you're gaslighting me, which you should never do. (laughs) Um, Because basically it just got thrown back in my face. And I was told that I was crazy. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. I am crazy. Um, but that kind of started You're gaslighting it. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> um, Got her. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that actually really kind of helped me get out of it is COVID. Because when COVID hit, he 
was an asthmatic. And so he would not let me come over because I wasn't wearing a mask. And so I spent a good four months on my own. And I was like, why the hell am I even in this? This, I mean, I, I don't feel love. I don't feel support. He's not supporting me. I know I'm not crazy. And that kind of just started the ball rolling. Wait, you know, were you guys like, step away. okay, so you said he wouldn't let you come over. Were you guys living separate, separated at that yeah. time? Or? Yeah, we were separated at the time. Oh, okay. Because it was for, it was for, um, safety's sake because he was afraid that I was going to hurt him because I was crazy and I would do something that might be dangerous, which to this day I don't understand because I'm like, I never did anything dangerous ever. So it's wow. it's crazy. But because you're already separated and then the pandemic hit, you were able to be separated physically for, for months. Yeah. And that was able to like kind of over... Like, would you say it, like, opened your eyes to the reality of the situation? Yeah, it definitely opened my eyes, and it definitely made me realize that I didn't need him. I didn't need him to survive. I didn't need him to be able to function as a human being, as an adult, you know? Because that's really what it is, because when they, when, when they get you, they will basically starve basically starve you from anybody around you like I was really close to my family and he got me to the point where I told them I didn't want to see them and I went for a good five years not seeing them missing birthdays missing high school graduations missing weddings and you know being able to step away from that being able to be on my own and realize you know (laughs) He's not the one that's going to support me. He's not the one that's going to, you know, give me that comfort because look what he's done. He's basically isolated me and has made me feel like I'm trash. And I know I'm not trash. Is, I know I'm a smart person, you know? So, I mean, this is sensitive, so you, you don't have to, like... But usually, like, a psychologically abusive relationship is also, like, there's other forms. Like, was he ever physically abusive or, like... Any other? Um, not physically, but he was definitely verbally abusive to me. Like, he would call me the worst names in the book, and he would just literally put me down all the time. Like, he would tell me, you cannot survive without me. It's because of me that you're doing all these amazing things. Um, you need me so that way you don't hurt people because you say things that hurt people and you say things that can damage people and and he would just basically anything that i progressed at or i achieved was because of him so did he have any kind of uh, like diagnosed or undiagnosed like borderline personality disorder or narcissistic personality like does did he have any of those or you know he didn't but i because of because of how badly he got me thinking that i was crazy I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Hmm. Um, but come to find out that wasn't the case. It wasn't, it wasn't the case at all because a lot of things I was saying were things that he had coached me to believe. But he, it's so hard because people that gaslight, m- most of the time don't realize they're doing it. They just have that need to be, to have someone be dependent on them, to have somebody be you know, needing them for everything. And 
it, I, I definitely would say that he, you know, suffered with anxiety and depression, but th there was always something there that made me wonder if there was something more. But of course, you trying to tell somebody you need to get help doesn't do right. anything. Right. No, not, not an unreasonable person. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. I mean, thanks for sharing too. Um, but yeah, and that's, that's tough. What, what do you think? So what are the lessons that you've learned going through these struggles? What, how, how different of a person have you come through on the other side? How do you see yourself changed? Um, <laughs> I definitely say I would, I say I'm definitely a more jaded person and I definitely tend to look more at the negative than the positive when it comes in situations. I don't trust as easy. But at the same time, I'm very, I'm not, I'm not dependent on anybody. Like I will do things and my dad will be like, well, I could have helped you with that. And I'm like, well, I can do it myself. You know, I, I've got this. I know I can do this. Um, and I would say I definitely don't put up with crap anymore. You know, I don't need it in my life. So if you don't like me, then there's the door, you know, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to do what I know is right for me, and if it doesn't align with you, then, hey, nice to meet you, you know? I just don't, I don't care about what people think of me or what people say of me, because I know, I know, it's like, you know what, I finally know who I am, and I like who I am, so I'm not going to worry about what anybody else thinks about me. It's, I mean, I think, to some extent, all of us learn some of those things as we grow up, like, unfortunately, to be less trusting right? You get burned a few times and you're like, oh, you're more cautious about that. I mean, it's hard to be jaded, but it, life it's, sometimes it's does that to you, right? Yeah, yeah, it's hard, but I, I do it in a joking way, so I try to I try to make it more happier, but, you know, I, I tend to just be blatantly blunt that my family just, they know if they ask me a question, I'm just going to flat out tell them and not try to cushion it, not try to do it, be like, this is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, the nice thing with that is there's very little resentment. Because it's like if you're saying what you think, how you feel in that moment, like if you're going to say no to something, you just get to say no. You don't have to say yes and then be like, man, I'm so mad that I said yes to that thing <laughs> um, or vice versa. And so I feel like exactly right what you just said. Like you're able to be true to yourself. And when you're true to yourself, you don't have to. There's a, there's a lot less baggage that you have to carry around with you because you're living your best self in the moment and you're mm. not yet you're you're more willing to have that uncomfortable 90 seconds right now making decisions rather than be frustrated for x amount of time after you made that decision you didn't want to make exactly i mean i had to put my foot in my mouth a lot more but i just basically be like sorry <laughs> that's what i was thinking i'm sorry if it hurt your feelings that wasn't the case but you know it's just just because I was told for so long that my reality was not real and my emotions were not real, it's like to, to the point where it's like, I'm just gonna let my emotions roll and let myself feel them and let myself react to them because for the longest time, I really did not feel anything. I felt like I was numb. I felt like I was just walking around with no purpose. And now you don't. Exactly, yeah. So have you found, have you found new passions now? It sounds like psychology is something you're working towards. Is there, are there other passions that you found? Um, 
Yes and no. I've like, but I'm, I'm, I tend to just find new things and jump on them and be like, let's do this. And then I get bored of them and I'll go on the thing. I'll just like, but I've like, you know, I've taken up, um, rollerblading, which I, I swear I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> I, I go with my dog and then halfway through she's running behind me and I'm like, I got to keep hold of my leash and I'm, I'm going to die. But I would say another big passion is just being open with people and talking with them and getting to know them and getting down to the nitty gritty. I mean, I, I pretty much live being an open book. I mean, you could ask me anything and I'll tell you, you know, what's going on in my life. And I feel like that's something that we need a lot more of in this world because people don't express themselves and they don't talk about their true lives or their, their true feelings. And I mean, again, that's why I find, you know, humans to be so fascinating because we're all pretty much made the same, but we all react differently. We all have different experiences. We all have different emotions and just being able to truly understand somebody is, is something I really enjoy learning about and doing. Like creating an environment where people actually show you their messy side, not just the, the pretty Instagram picture exactly. fake life. Exactly. Because, I mean, the messy side is your side. I mean, the messy side is you. And I would rather know the real you and know about your faults, know about your problems, know about your weaknesses than just, you know, the false face of who you are, you know? And I feel like you're able to actually build a better support and a better team and a better better relationship when you do that and you're able, able to build better trust when you're actually that open hey, that's absolutely right like the, yeah. like when you're that open the people that stick around like those are the real ones right like those are the people mm -hmm. that like they know your messy side and they love you anyway and the ones that are like oh gosh i don't i don't want to have anything to do with that then you know then that's maybe that's just not your cup of tea they're not for you or not all the time anyway, but I think the ones that go through the thick and the thin and they're just still there with you, like that's when you know like there's there's that deeper level of connection there. There's like that that trust, like you're talking about how you you don't trust easily. The people that go through it with you, like those are the ones that you can trust. Or at least you can start to get to that level. Yeah. For sure. So Kind of, I kind of come off a tangent, but that's that's kind of what my my hobbies are doing or my interests are doing. You were saying that for these years, you were isolated, right? And this mm -hmm. in an unhealthy relationship where you were feeling that you were distant from your family and isolated. Do you feel like you're making connections now? Are you uh, making friends, building relationships? Are you the relationships with your families of people that you haven't seen? Have you been able to like? like start building those relationships back up and um you know just like you're saying like i want to be open and vulnerable and like build trust build good relationships have you been had any success with that in, in the last little bit um well you know i was blessed with an amazing family and we picked up like nothing ever happened oh, that's and awesome. yeah. yeah so i mean my my family and I were just so super tight knit, and that was one of the hardest things for me to do was to cut them off. But you know, one of the days I was having a rough day, I called my sister out of the blue, and it was just like nothing. She just was like, "Okay, let's talk. Let's figure things out." So that's that's been a godsend. 
and a, and a deep blessing in my life. Um, as far as friendships and stuff like that, it's a lot harder to build them to bond, especially as an adult. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, big time. It's yeah, it's it's. I mean, unfortunately, I lost all pretty much the contact with most of my high school friends, college friends. And, you know, reaching out and, and rebuilding those is, is hard because everybody's got their own lives. Everybody's got their own agenda and their own things going. But, I mean, I'm definitely working on it. You know, I'm going to a single adult's ward, which is an interesting experience. <laughs> but we're, it's, it's slowly going good. It's going pretty good, I guess, I should say. So we'll see where that goes. Oh, yeah. cool. Do you, I guess... You've shared a lot of heavy stuff, and I hope that people, when they're listening, they they can get some stuff out of this. I know, like, your story sounds super, super, super similar to someone else that I'm very, very close with. I mean, the gaslighting, the making you think you're crazy, uh, all of your success is because of what I did. It's actually pretty crazy how many uh, connections there are there. You, you reached out to us and said, hey, there's something I want to share. Um, and I, I assume that this is a lot of it, but I would, I'd love it if you could kind of summarize or you know, put into words, what was it that made you want to come on and, and talk with us? You know, I think the reason you're just coming on and talking with you is, is first of all, sharing, sharing the bad, sharing the hardship, sharing the struggle, because I feel like that's something that we don't do enough of. And I really felt like that there were people probably out there that were going through either similar situations or have family members that are going through similar situations and they may be cut off from them. And just kind of opening people's eyes to this type of abuse because it's not, it's not as common as physical abuse. I mean, you can't, you can't see it, yeah. you know, and you know, it's basically Letting people know that if you're in that situation, you're not crazy, you're not incompetent, you're not worthless, that you are, you're, you're normal. You're a normal person and even though it's super hard and even though you've cut connections, those connections will, will definitely come back and you just need to get out. Because again, you know, abuse in relationships is like one of the number one things that that goes on and it just seems like no one talks about it or they they shame the person that goes through it and it's like well why did you just leave yeah. why didn't you just leave you know why why did you keep going back why did you keep going back Cause i don't know how many times i told my ex-husband that we're getting divorced we're getting divorced we're getting divorced but i would go back every single time because of that fear of being alone that fear of well what if he is right what if i am crazy what if you know i can't survive on my own you know it's like almost better to, to be together and miserable than to be alone and maybe he's right. Yeah. Hmm. Man, that's, that's heavy. That's, I'm, I am happy for you that you were able to have this, I mean, this separation and COVID experience that would have allowed you the space you needed to make the changes that it seems like, I mean, they've brought a lot of great changes for you and that you're, I, the word I want to use is trajectory. It seems like the, traje the trajectory since you've made that change seems awesome. Like doing things for you. 
because it seems like you probably haven't been doing things for you for a long time. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> Good positive no, things no. are on the horizon. Yeah. Right? Yes, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's it was for the long time I didn't I didn't yeah, I didn't do anything for me and now it's like I finally go, okay, I'm going to put me first because if I don't take care of me, I can't help anybody else. I can't do anything for anybody else. And that's like one of the things I again, I I don't think people really look at as far as that. I mean, everybody talks about, you know, you need to help others, you need to put others first, you need to serve other people, but it's like you really need to take care of you first because if you don't take care of you, how are you going to do that for anybody else? Right. Is there something you wish that, like, how could have some, how could someone have helped you, or or did you have to like, did it have to come from you? Like, it, it's like you needed to realize the situation that was going on, and you needed to like, I need to get out. Or is there someone like, how could your family been more supportive, or friends been more supportive? If you know someone that's like struggling in a toxic bad relationship, it's like, what can you do as a friend? Like, what do you think? You know, the only thing you can do as a friend and a family member is just unconditionally love because it has to come from you. Because if I had somebody come at me and be like, look, he's abusing you, you need to leave, you need to get out, I would have fought against them. And unfortunately, I actually have a cousin that's dealing with this um, currently, and it breaks my heart to watch her go through it. But I know no matter what I say, it's not going to change her perspective because you have to see it. You have to realize it to be able to get out of it. But the, the best thing to do as a loved one or as a friend is to just unconditionally love and be there when they need you mm-hmm. and be open to, you know, forgiving because it's not just me that got hurt. I mean, I hurt my family. I mean, I missed births of nieces and nephews. I missed birthdays. I missed a lot of things that I, I can't, I can't get back, you know, but knowing that they were, they still love me and they, they took me back and they forgave me and, and it was the best thing that they could have done. And just knowing that you have, no matter what, someone's going to be in your corner. Right. And right. you know, it's like, you can always talk to them and they'll be, they'll, their arms are open and willing and, and ready. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Do you do we have any beef? Um so I actually have beef with you. I actually owe you an apology, Steve, because <laughs> when we were in Ella not elementary school, when we were in junior high, we were in Miss Fisher's class and I don't know if it was English or writing, but I remember turning to you and describing the house that you lived in as being the ugly house in the corner and I remember Uh. your face I remember your face (laughs) and how hurt you were and I don't know why I remember that but I remember that I'm like oh my gosh I feel so bad because you know I didn't know your story I didn't know what was going on in your background and for me to come out and be like your house is ugly probably really hurt you so I'm so sorry that I hurt you back then (laughs) you know your house the one with all the dead grass and stuff (laughs) one I forgive you 100% (laughs) Two, would it amaze you to know that that house is even uglier now <laughs> than it was in seventh grade? Oh, I know it is because my parents still live in that neighborhood, it's... and so I will walk my dog and their dog around, and I walk past your guy's house. So It's, yes. you know, I, 
I spent years of my life like taking care of that yard and one year my, I don't know my mom just like killed the grass and now it literally like the tree died it's dirt it's just dirt I don't know you were right you were you know how you're saying that you, you're a straight shooter now you were a straight shooter in seventh grade you just told her how it was you didn't care whose feelings got hurt um, in Steve's defense, he did like I remember we'd paint part of his house and stuff like that. You you wanted to keep it up. It's like it's good said, ever you, since Steve. that girl told me that bad stuff in seventh grade. No, I, that's funny. I I don't remember that at all. But I do know that was there were a lot of really huge insecurities that I had that I would never share with any person. And that was like one of them. Like I was so embarrassed. Like the whole situation. Like we had we had to move from California to Utah because my dad lost his job and my parents were fighting. And so like we were we were in that house because my grandpa owned that house, and it was like, hey, you can come live here. Like the guy renting it moved out, um, but here's a place to stay until you get a job. And then like my my dad never did, and they, my parents split up. My mom still lives in that house to this day, like twenty five years later, and so. It's just, it's bizarre, but like there was a lot of just super confused 12-year-old Steven feelings with with the move, with my parents' relationship, with trying to feel accepted and fitting in. And and uh, so I, I imagine, yeah, if you say that you can see like the look of like horror on my face, I'm sure it was like, oh my it was, gosh. It was, it was bad. Like I don't, it imprinted on me. I just remember going... Oh my gosh! I just really hurt his feelings. <laughs> Maybe that's why we weren't friends. <laughs> no, I I don't remember that, but I can I could totally see that affecting me back then because that was th- those were kinds of things that I was just like so hyper aware of. But it was like I don't know as a twelve year old like there's things that are out of your control yeah. and it is what it is. But how fun is it that we can like laugh about it twenty years later? Beef you know? hashed. Beef hashed. Good. <laughs> Beef hashed. <laughs> uh, I don't have any beef with you. Me either. No beef. No, I think it's. I don't think anybody would have beef with me because I was I was in the background most of my, most of my high school life. So you know, I don't think. I'm... <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, if anybody comes up with beef with me, I I will be very very shocked. So. Is there anything that you'd like to promote, or any anything else that you want to share? The only thing I would say is just you people need to be themselves and, you know, love yourselves and take care of yourselves. And, and, you know, if you do suffer with any type of mental illness or struggle, talk about it. Talk about it because it's nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to lessen you. It's nothing to make you, you know, less of a person, less of a human being. And in all reality, every person's crazy. We all have our issues. Maybe. We all have our problems, True. and there's n- there's no normal. No one's no one's normal. Mm-hmm. So, one hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jake, yeah. for being so open. It, and this is something really hard to talk about. Just like Steve was saying that he knows someone in a very similar situation. I know someone different than him currently living that kind of situation that's a kind of why i asked that it's just like i don't know it's like sometimes you just I mean, hear this bad stuff and you're like would it help if she I should go beat she, him up she should leave yeah, like, <laughs> i'm gonna go beat up this guy <laughs> like, stop it 
well, <laughs> you know, but it's like, it, you know. It's so hard, you know, because on the outside looking in, you can see the situation and the scenario and you want to do something, but you just, you can't, yeah. you know, and it's, and, and it's something that's actually becoming more and more prevalent too in, in relationships. So it's, it's hard. It sucks. Yeah. But hopefully people hear discussions like this and it gives them hope that whether you're in a relationship or you're like you said, like a friend or a loved one of someone like this, like just being ready, like being ready to be there and love them when they're ready to be loved. Um, I think that's the best thing we can do is just not, not judge anybody in their situation and just be there ready to love them. Yeah. And, and don't take it personally because it, because it's not something they're trying to do to hurt you. It's, it's something they're trying to do to survive in the scenario they're at. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's great advice. Thank you. Thanks again. And thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing. It was great. It's great seeing you and great talking to you. I know. I haven't seen you guys since I think it was Trek when you were my brothers. Oh gosh. <laughs> like 17. So I have like, pic- I, I, somewhere there's like pictures of that Trek, maybe on my Facebook or something. Oh, you posted a bunch on Facebook. Yeah. I'll I'll try to see if I can find you and in some of those Trek pictures. I'll I'll post it on our oh, Instagram. Oh Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. It's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I think my mom actually has a video of like when we were doing the hoedown and like you guys went in and made fun of. Um, President call yeah. and falling. Did yes. President call oh, fell over with his wife? With his like wife. he's like yeah. dancing and like <laughs> falls on top of his wife like. <laughs> If you can find that, if you want to send that to me, I'll I'll post it. That would yeah, be I'll find it in my in my mom's stuff. So <laughs> how funny! I haven't thought about that for years and years and years. That was a good trek. Yeah, that was actually really fun. I was so angry with my mom. I did not want to go. I was like, I'm like, I'm a senior. I do not want to go on this trek, and she made me go. So I was a little bit resentful, but yeah, in the end, I really enjoyed it. Um, cool. There you go. Thanks again. Thank you for taking yep. the time. It's been great catching up with you. Oh, you too. Okay. You have a good night, Kate. Good night, Jessica. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Well, Gonzo, we just finished talking to Jessica. What are your thoughts? Man, I got thoughts. I First, it was like mad respect for her to like share. And it, that's hard because you, you'd feel... I imagine you would feel, like, dumb, you know? It's just, like, I can't believe I've been in this, like, toxic relationship for 14 years, like she was saying. I didn't see it. Right, and I didn't see it. I was, like, I was thinking I was crazy. It was, like, I wasn't crazy. He's crazy. So it's, like, kudos to Jessica. That's something really hard to share. And But I'm, I'm glad. I'm happy that she's found her way out of it. And while she was talking, I was thinking, like, 2020 has been a blessing in disguise in many ways. Like, I think so many of us have had this opportunity to slow down, to take a breath, to think about the things that are important, to think about anything. Just to take a, to take a step back and look at our lives, I think that we wouldn't have had otherwise so it's it's been kind of one of those covid silver linings i think and for jessica 
to be able to find herself again. I, I don't know. It's like, it's interesting. It's, it's, a, it's different than we've, than most of our episodes, mm-hmm. but it was awesome. It was great. I'm, I'm happy that she emailed us. I'm happy we got to talk to her. No, me too. I just, I think it's a heavy subject. Like she said, it's a lot more prevalent than we think. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that are in these types of relationships where it, it is abusive and to be able to recognize it, to be able to make the moves as hard as it is. Cause 14 years is a long time. Yeah. Like that's a long time to be in something like that. And now it's a total, a total life shift, a life change. Like she, she gets to do things for her. She gets to do things. And I, I think a common theme that I've seen with the people that I know going through this, a lot of them want to go into psychology. They want to, you know, it's almost like their experience gives them so much empathy that they want to help other people get through these types of situations as well. And it's like to be able to have a therapist or a psychologist that can relate. It's not just some like 24 year old kid that just like, "Ah, I'm going to be a therapist and like hasn't had those life experiences. But rather when you're, you know, when your therapist has gone through this type of stuff and they can say, Hey, I, you know, whatever, and whatever they want to share, I think it just brings so much more depth to the, the the level of connection that they can they can provide. Yeah, I was thinking about Sway. You know, it's just like I'm going back to school and it's like going mm-hmm. through trauma, and you know, learning about this and and going through a healing process is like now I want this for other people too. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of, that's kind of a similar type of thing. Yeah. So it was it was great. I haven't I haven't talked to her for a long time, and I'm really happy she reached out and. I, I'm going to tell Natalie to listen to this episode. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and honestly, this is a different thing, but I'm thinking about like, what's, I don't know. We also live in a place where like culturally women tend to be more submissive to their husbands. So I was thinking about that. It's just like, are we like, how many people are quietly like suffering? Like, you know, I don't know. Just another thought. Yeah. Yeah, and so, but I'd love to hear if anybody has thoughts, like to to send us a voice memo or to reach out to send us a message. I think it's helpful, and you know, it'd be great to stay in touch with her and just see how things are progressing in her life as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. If you'd like to be on the podcast, send us an email: Jordan High Two Thousand Four Podcast at Gmail dot com. You know where to listen, and this has been another episode. Thank you. Bye.